0: Deep down, as much as I used to call myself agnostic, atheist, and, and things like that, there, there was still something in me that desperately wanted to connect to something much bigger than me. Paying attention to that, it takes all of this overwhelm, and it just it melts it away. Perhaps it has an effect on the others. Stick around and you'll find out. Last episode, we talked about how overwhelming is damaging me, right? And just how I feel. It's disrupting. I'm feeling this guilt and shame over being overwhelmed because I'm not supposed to be overwhelmed. And I'm finding myself taking that out on people around me, the people that I love. They're feeling my overwhelm. I had an issue with Miles the other day where he wouldn't get off the internet because I had an important Zoom call. And because my internet wasn't working, I was so sensitive with the overwhelm that I kind of went at him a little bit, totally projecting this overwhelm on him. Fortunately, we've got some tools in financial sobriety of how to clean that mess up, which I did immediately. And then from a financial perspective, this overwhelm is is causing quick financial decisions that we're not thinking through because we got to do it now. We got to get it done. It's like this pressure of being overwhelmed. It's taking the intentional thought
1: behind making financial decisions away. Yeah, it's one of my favorite words that I used in the last show, seepage, right? We got a leak. We've got a leak in the intentionality, right? And it's come from the pressure in the plumbing of the overwhelm. We've had nothing, and now here comes this, you know, the pig through the python in the pipe, right, where— it's just putting all of this pressure and stuff is, is leaking out in the way of being less intentional, less intentional with our time, less intentional with our resources. I've had some spontaneous purchases, some of which you've been the recipient of.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: that can be here in 48 hours from that nice little app on my phone. Yes. That's just from lack of, of a solution that we're going to be talking about. I think it's natural you talk about these relapses. They don't have to be devastating, but a relapse, and the way I like to think of it, because it's a little softer and gentler in my mind, is I've skewed off course. Yeah, a little bit. I'm one or two degrees off course, which if I do that for a long time, I'm not going to hit the right runway. I'm going to be way off the runway Yeah, relative to where I've set the course.
0: And I feel that that's what's going on right now, is that I'm I'm a little off course because of this seepage. I've allowed the news back into my life. I've allowed overwhelm to drive some impulsive decisions, both with how I feel about myself, how I project that at other people, and what that's meant in terms of some financial decisions. And there's a little part of me that sometimes feels like, God, I've thrown away all that financial sobriety work because I veered off course a little bit, but the reality is I haven't, because it's these tools that we've developed that help us get back on course. I mean, our experience has taught us that these little deviations off course, these little relapses are going to happen. They're going to continue to happen. There are external circumstances that are going to break down our resolve to the discipline of what we do every day. But had we not gone through all of the coursework ahead of time, and, and developing all of these tools that we can go back to, we wouldn't know how to course correct. But well, we, but no, we do. would fall down and stay down. We, we would fall down and stay down. But now we have the tools to course correct, to get get back on track. Well, let's open up the toolbox and see what's in there. Dust a few things off. Well, I'd like to start with something you mentioned in the last episode. We kind of speed bumped over it. You were talking, I, I was asking you about how overwhelmed- You've been feeling, given all that's on your plate, and of course, uh, my self-centeredness took a lot of that back to how I was feeling overwhelmed. You did mention that you and Beth were back to using the Daily Calm app mm-hmm. and meditating. Yeah, tell me more about that. We're using the Daily
1: Calm app more and meditating. Well, no. what is what is so it doing?
0: It well, don't I look younger? You do. You look well. You got a little sun on your face, and
1: you, you do. Okay. You and I have talked, maybe not on this show as much as we have in our personal lives that you know and, and work in terms of staying two inches in front of our nose. Right. That's what the calm App does for me. When I feel overwhelmed and completely distracted with all of the to dos and the half twos, it just gets me breathing. It gets me two inches in front of my nose. I do it in the morning. If I do. If I do it at night I fall asleep. So that's I, not a bad thing though. It it's not, but I don't really struggle falling to sleep. So I'd I'd like to finish the meditation and but it's a really wonderful way because I tend to wake up in the morning with all the have to's. My the to do list just it's like I wish I had like a, a roll of printer tape like on an old 10-key calculator <laughs> that just like came out of my mouth in the morning <laughs> that was somewhere about you know two feet long with all the to-dos nicely printed out because they came out of my head. Yeah. One of the things you and I talk a lot about is when you get that way, that one of the best solutions is go get into somebody else's heart. Yeah. So I'm blessed to have a house full of a lot of people. <laughs> so I try to go get into somebody else's heart in my family right away. Well what but is it meditating that creates the space It does for you to be able to do that? Yeah. Because I know sometimes it snaps that chalk line for me to slow it down. It's all it's all good. My darling, beautiful mother in law, it's her favorite phrase, it's all good. I hope she's listening. I love you, Emily. It slows it down. And that's what creates the space for you to then Go get out of your head and go get into somebody else's. Yeah, else it's kinda like putting on a little bit of putting on the Superman cape. Yeah. I start to have a little bit of that, you know, shield of invincibility that goes on. And the longer I can resist, the other thing that goes with the comment for me is the longer I can resist this thing, and I'm holding up my iPhone in terms of going into the email and the markets and the financial data and the news and the isn't that what it sounds like? Yeah, it does. Wah, 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 Charlie Brown's <laughs> the, teacher. The the better my day seems to get off to a start. Now we have a fiduciary responsibility for 200 plus families, so I don't shirk that responsibility and and you know push it till two in the afternoon. It happens it just, reasonably and soon in the morning, but it I can't be the first thing it you can't. Do. It just can't. It just doesn't. It doesn't work for
0: me. It's kryptonite for me. So let's go deeper on this meditation thing. What is that? What is that doing for you? Are you tapping into something? What What's going on that's allowing you to have that space to get out of your head? I mean, there, and I get it. Meditation does this for people, just getting quiet. And and the Calm app's not the only way to do it. There are tons of meditations online. Oh, yeah. there's, there's wonderful. There's Headspace and, and all these different
1: apps and YouTube oh, videos. YouTube and, videos that I listen to on Daily Affirmations are fabulous. They're what? incredible.
0: What is it? I mean, is it? Is the meditation
1: for you unplugging or plugging into something? For me, it's more unplugging. Okay. I know for a lot of people, and you and I have talked about this, that it is it is plugging into a higher source. It is plugging into something greater than themselves. It really doesn't do that for me. Okay. I I have a very intentional breathing exercise that I do that when I want to go kind of connect with a higher source beyond me, the power that exists, I, I believe it's a God, but not everybody believes that, that I tap into that in a different way. When I'm meditating and doing that kind of breath work, for me, it's about unplugging and simplifying, because it is such a struggle to quiet the chirping in my head of everything. I wish I could sit there and transcribe the absolute craziness of the thoughts that come in and out from a worry about something or someone to, oh yeah, I've got to pay that. I got to order the bark for the backyard. Or It's just the the craziest stuff comes in when you try to slow it down. So you don't think that when you get your mind quiet, by meditating, that that is actually your
0: source coming into you, whatever that higher power thing is that oh, you've no. got? Oh, no. Not for me. No. It's very, very... Di- no, not at all. Okay. Is that how it goes for you? It does. Yeah? It it does. I've always, prior to this journey, I've always underneath knew that there was something bigger than me out there. And, and I've always been afraid to talk about it here because it, it seems that spirituality and faith, although it's becoming a more mainstream conversation. It's still somewhat taboo. Uh, There's a lot of
1: black and white things about it that you either believe or you don't believe. Well, Uh, and and let's just also put it out there that, I mean, there's so many financial podcasts out there that are talking about these issues. Right. Spirituality with money. Yeah. And how how they, you know, they can conjoin or whatever (laughs) that word is. Yeah. I mean that. Well, to me,
0: this isn't a religion thing. I mean, I wrote, in, in the book Financial Sobriety, and, and I've shared the story here eons ago on the podcast about my experience with religion and how being bullied as a kid for growing up in a little bit of a different religion really pushed me away from the concept. But deep down, as much as I used to call myself agnostic, atheist, and things like that, there was still something in me that desperately wanted to connect to something much bigger than me. There had to be an answer to the unanswerable, the the coincidences that happened in life just seemed to be too much of a coincidence to be random, right? And and I always had that feeling and, and where my greatest source for being able to use the tools of financial sobriety is to sit down and breathe and meditate and get connected to whatever that higher power is. And I, I don't fully understand it. I don't get it. I don't always feel like I'm able to connect with it, but there's just there's something that happens when I sit and I'm quiet for a little while where my mind starts to quiet, and then that ability to go get out of my head and get into somebody else's heart. I mean, dude, I'm just a wired, self-centered, selfish person. So that's got to be something other than me doing that, because I don't naturally want to go get into somebody else's heart. Naturally, I got too much shit on my own plate. I've got so much overwhelm going on in my life that I can't possibly have time for yours. But yet something happens when I sit quietly and I ask this thing for a little bit of guidance, for a little bit of peace, to be able to go be of service to somebody else. And then it happens where my mind just quiets and I feel this desire to go get into somebody else's heart. The only way that I could explain that is some higher thing working for me that I don't fully understand. But what I do know is it's not me. That to me is the basis for being able to deal with a lot of this overwhelm, is being able to connect with, you know, just looking up at the sky, looking up at these massive sequoia trees I have in my backyard, watching the birds play, watching hummingbirds just sit there in the air with their wings flapping at 50,000 RPM or whatever it is. How does all that work. And I, I just feel that being able to pay really close attention to that and observe that, observe the world around me as it's just happening. How does, how does this all work? Yeah. Without some massive collision, explosion. And, and I know we have little instances of that, but how can I sit in my backyard and watch this thing unfold in front of me and think that I have anything to do with that? Something much bigger than me Oh, yeah. is doing something paying attention to that,
1: it takes all of this overwhelm and it just, it melts it away. In in more simplistic, less existential terms, thank you, Melissa, it's gratitude. Oh, tell me more. Well, the biochemical waterfall that happens when you go into a space of gratitude is it releases these endorphins and it floods your body with a sense of peace and calm and I experienced it this morning. I, the house was kind of quiet. I went out onto the deck. It was an absolutely glorious morning. I had a cup of coffee. Murphy, our dog, and I were just kind of hanging out, sitting in the sun, feeling the warmth of the sun, looking at the beautiful flowers that are blooming and the sun and the sky. and the. I just had this unbelievable sense of gratitude, having just finished my Calm app, hmm. that it just, it's inviting. It's an incredibly... Beautiful feeling because then, then you feel ready to go help somebody, which you gets you out of your head. It gets you out of your head, and all the chatter that goes on in in everybody's head. This is just a, a beautiful way to kind of flush the deck and get you in a place where you can then you know, as we like to say, go be of service. Oh, that's an awesome reminder. I,
0: as you're saying it, I'm sitting here thinking, to when's the last time I sat down and actually wrote a gratitude list in the morning? That was one of the tools we've always talked about is gratitude is, is as much a verb as it is a noun, right? It's a doing thing. So I'm going to first thing tomorrow morning when I go out on my deck and I have my coffee and I'm breathing and connecting with this higher powers, I'm going to go through a list of things I'm grateful for and then let that gratitude show up in my actions and my behavior with others because that was something that used to work really, really well. So well, I wonder why I stopped doing it. That's human nature. Yeah. That's riding the ship. Yeah. That's getting back to what we know works. Absolutely. What else has helped me a ton is just being vulnerable. Just being able to, like we like to say, open my kimono and share how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Just be vulnerable. This this conversation that always happens as humans pass, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I don't feel like that's like, the playing, truth. Playing that. Putting on that mask. Yeah. There's something about expressing gratitude that helps me get out of that overwhelmed mindset. And then just by being able to talk to somebody, having somebody like you in my life, my wife, Amy, my boys, I can talk about these things with them about how I'm feeling in real time and that it's not always great. And fortunately, we've built a community around us our clients at Gebhardt Group, our financial sobriety listeners who have called in and, and spoken with us, where we can be really vulnerable and open up about the truth of, of how we're feeling. And to have the space to feel that way really helps deal with the
1: overwhelm. And the recognition that you're not alone.
0: Yeah. I love when you do that, when you throw that Syracuse and in. Yeah, that was, that was for you. <laughs> That's awesome. It's one of my favorite things you say, and yeah. it's one word and it's three letters. Don't
1: cut that one out, Jeff. You, there's a lot of other ums and ands you can cut out, but yeah, not that one. not
0: that and. 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 <laughs> Almost makes me want to go order something online at Wegmans. How about a pop?
1: <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, I'm very grateful for you. And I, you. And that concept of getting into somebody else's heart, I mean— there's there's super simple ways to be able to do it. So how was, do we do that? I let's, was, let's
0: refresh. How well, do two, we do
1: that? Well, two things that, that really aren't on the script today that I, I used to do that I've gotten out of the habit of is compliment three people a day. In what way? Give me examples. Could be as simple as, boy, I really like those glasses. I love that pullover with the orange on it. And, you know, it, it, it could be that simple. Boy, the flowers in your front yard just look spectacular today as I'm walking by.
0: No, you're not just complimenting me to compliment me. You actually like this pullover no, yeah. with the orange thing. No, absolutely. I mean, you're not just
1: placating me. No, no, no. You're uh, saying other, it because you mean it. The other, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's intentional, right? It, it is meaningful. The other thing I was doing a really good job of for a while, fall off the turnip truck, was writing a couple of thank you notes. Now we're doing them a little bit differently with technology that we have available to us, where we send videos out, so we can send little videos to. People were thinking of that I have done a better job of. But the actual old school, God bless your Mom, for teaching me the handwritten thank you note. You should send her a thank you note. I should do that. And I will do that. (laughs) That's just—it just just feels good. Yeah. It just feels good to, to share messages with people when I'm thinking of them. And they receive it like, you know, it was the Ed McMahon check with the balloon and the flowers. I mean, they're just blown away at, wow, thank you for sending that to me. I mean, it's just, it's simple.
0: These are all amazing tools that we're just, you know, dusting off and refreshing. And yeah,
1: we're just fire hosing some of the concepts.
0: Let's also talk about how the ten 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 tool that we've talked about from a money perspective most of the time.
1: Yeah, well, you, you just hit me with this the other day in terms of a reframe. Yeah, reframe of the 10 10 10 of 10 10 10 now with the other precious resource being time. Right. And and that's and in this context of overwhelm, how can how can the 10 10 10 principle apply? So why don't you refresh us on the basics and then I'll I'll backfill. Yeah, the the
0: concept of 10 10 10, it's like an alarm bell that goes off in my head now that I practiced so much and and this was something that even with all this overwhelm financially, I didn't relapse because of this 10-10-10 tool. And I think there is a reframe on how we can use it more with our time and, and where I am feeling overwhelmed and where you're feeling overwhelmed. The way 10-10-10 works is I feel an impulse to purchase something that's not planned. Generally, that impulse comes from a sense of feeling anxious, overwhelmed. I need to put something in my body that's going to make me feel better. And for me,
1: that for so many years was go, go buy something. I hope one of our future guests on this show is Dr. Joan Rosenberg. And she is a clinical psychologist in private practice down in Los Angeles. One of my favorite concepts that she taught me as a 40-year-old man was emotions come up. Yes. They don't go down. <laughs> yes. And we're, we're
0: people who prefer to do downs than ups because ups take effort. Right. But emotions do come
1: up. Emotions come up. Thank you, Joan for that. In that very context, how often, and I wish I could remember some of the lyrics to this song, but you know who's who talks about uh, buying more distraction? I mm-hmm. have no idea because you're probably going back to like the Lawrence Well. No, days it's and... not a Methuselah album. okay, it's <laughs> something more current than that. It, it's one of our fa- family favorites. She's a country singer, but more in the pop space, and she talks about Hootie and the Blowfish. You can this can buy a little more distraction. Yeah, you're it's all right. I don't know. It's all right. When that emotion comes up, it is very easy to push it back down and make it go away with some quick fix. And for me, that was buying something, spending. Yeah. Drinking.
0: Yep. Gambling. Yep. Sexing. Yep. Fooding. Yep. Touch all the bases, Bob. Right. I mean... I mean, I'm checking all those boxes on how I used to medicate those feelings that would come up. That's the big the perpetrator. Yeah. yeah. The biggest perpetrator was money, was spending. Well, when that all went away, all those other things played fine substitutes
1: for a while. And that's part of what we really want you to be very aware and mindful of is if you take one of those out, our dear friend Resistance is going to not stop. Resistance is going to double down their efforts, and it's going to fight you in a different way Yes, and come at you with food or gambling or sex or, or something to replace what you've taken out. And that's part of what they talk about in in that song that I have no idea. No, no, in, in kind of the, the, the self-help, the self-education movement is you've got to replace it with something. Oh, ab- Absolutely.
0: You can't just take the spending away and not replace it with something. You can't just take the alcohol away and not replace it with something. And and you know going back the to the cigarettes away or the cigarettes or any, I mean and and I want to talk about this 10 10 10 and we've got on a little tangent here and I'm going to come back to it but this just goes back to that whole relationship with some spiritual being in my life. I mean that is ultimately what has filled the hole for me with all of this stuff that I used to push those feelings back down with. Now I have a way of tapping into something I don't fully understand that just helps me feel at peace, that there is something bigger out there that I fully rely on to have my back and to be in charge of all the outcomes that happen. No matter whether I like those outcomes or not, it's just not something I need to worry about anymore. Even though I allow myself to get into this overwhelmed space, it's because I'm not tapping into that as much. And when I do tap into that, when I take the time to meditate, when I take the time to go out on my back deck and observe what's around me and just ask this thing I call my higher power, for a little bit of relief from my thoughts, for a little bit of space, I start asking for good things for other people to find peace in their life. And then I just sit there quietly in a meditation, and I just—I feel what's going on around me. That's beautiful. And it just, it fills me up in ways that those bad behaviors used to fill me up.
1: Well, and I, I've observed and I've you know, both applauded you and kind of wished for it myself, I just haven't done it, is the very thing that you have on, on the desk in front of you is your journal. Yeah. You've done a tremendous amount of journaling as one of the things that is filling the space, in addition to what you just described, which is beautiful, but that relief that comes from pen to paper on getting whatever's in your head or your heart out is one of the best tips we've ever been given for helping with that, helping just resolve some of that angsty feeling or that frustration that you're having or the lack of resolve that you have over a particular issue in your daily life. And I just, I don't know where to start. And I, I don't, yeah, no, I, I, get I, don't it. I don't mean to say that in the sense of I don't know to pick up a pen and a piece of paper. But where do I start writing where once do I, I pick start? Up? And I
0: realize you just let it rip. That's well, the key to it. But that's hard. And you and I just spent a few days with our new friend, Ben Greenfield, who talked about this concept. I mean, he echoed what you and I know is a, a very important tool in financial sobriety to get out of our head, this idea of nighttime journaling, which of course is another thing I've gotten away from that I'm recommitting myself to starting today where I'm going to get back into my journal. To your point, when I pull the journal out and I pull the pen out, Blah. It's hard to just download what's in my brain. So Ben gave us a great idea, yeah, which is to sit down at night and write about how did my day go, what did I do well today, what could I do better going forward. That's it. And who's somebody that I can help? Who's I don't, somebody? I don't remember who need, that part. he did. That was the third part. Ah, who's I remember some, too. Yeah. How was how did I do today? Pig here was just yeah, that's, you know. I got to right. help somebody. Yeah, you're hanging out with me too much. Jeez. The selfish is like bleeding for me to you. How would I do today? What could I have done better? And who needs my help? Answering those three questions in your journal, whether it's at night or, or in the morning, that's another great time. Ben was was kind of, hey, you could do this at any time, but I would suggest either at the end of the night, do a little review on your day, or in the morning, what's my plan for today to be the best version of me? What do I need to get better at today? And who needs my help? And just that natural writing
1: just starts Starts that whole process. These are just, these are timeless, pal. These are just absolutely timeless go-tos when you feel off course. Well, I'm just
0: grateful that we know how to get back to them, that when we fall off course, we have a place to go. And it's not like 15 years of financial sobriety is all of a sudden flushed down the toilet and I'm starting over from scratch. You, the, you, you use, there's a, you, yeah,
1: there's a word you use for that.
0: What is that? It's called relapse. Ah. Uh, Such a taboo word that I'm starting to love more and more because it's just part of who I am and part of my
1: process. Right. But I mean, the the big collapses in the relapse category, these to me are course corrections. They're all still part of relapse, pal. Sure. Don't kid yourself. Sure. But in the massive context. Perfect.
0: All right. Let's go back to 10-10-10 and let's apply that to this situation. So 10-10-10 is any time... I lose connection with my higher power and lose connection with the world. I get these feelings of overwhelm and anxiety, and I'm going to go buy something. This this happened walking through a little shop at my fitness club. I was going to play tennis with a friend, and there was a cool new T-shirt, right? America's grand reopening. I haven't been in this store in forever. I haven't bought new clothing in forever. And there are these cool new T-shirts made out of bamboo and all these really cool colors. And I wanted one. I was feeling a little anxious about getting back on the tennis court. I haven't played in a long time. Feeling a little lack of confidence in my ability to play. And wouldn't you know it, this impulse to buy those T-shirts pops up. 42 bucks a pop. Woo! 10, 10, 10. The bells were like ringing in my head. The first 10 of those three sequential 10s that go off in my head says to me, walk away for 10 minutes. Now, fortunately for me, I walked away for 10 minutes out to the tennis courts and actually got an hour and a half of tennis in. What that first 10 does is it creates the space to allow whatever angst and emotion that's there that's creating the impulse purchase- To dissipate. To dissipate a little bit. To come off its edge a little bit. Sure. And lucky for me, that first 10 led to an hour and a half of tennis. Well, as I came back through the store sweating and exhausted from tennis, I looked at the t-shirt again. Buy me. And it was whispering at me. Buy me.
1: Buy me. I'd look really good in your closet.
0: But all the anxiety and impulse over what I was feeling before was gone. So now it's the second and third 10. You can afford it. Do I need this now? What will it mean 10 weeks from now? What will it mean 10 years from now? And 10 weeks from now, it'll be another shirt on the pile.
1: 10 years from now, it'll be a garage towel. I was going to say it's going to be something I'll wipe I wipe my heels Ace with. Ace and I will use that for cleaning clean the, your cars. the tires. Exactly.
0: It really wasn't a purchase I needed to make, and, and it was really that first 10 that created the space for me to do it. I wasn't as worried about 10 weeks from now or 10 years from now. It's just a purchase I didn't need to make, and I needed the space from the impulse
1: to see that. So now we are going to pivot, thanks to our conversation the other day, where we had the realization that this now also can apply to time. Absolutely. So the decision I made this morning around getting back on the bike... I've really come to enjoy not exercising.
0: Ah, so you got back on the
1: bike today. I got back on the bike today. Oh, good boy. And I applied 10-10-10. How so? Well- You got me really curious here. In the the context of 10 minutes, 10 weeks, 10 years. Okay, keep going. Am I going to feel better from now in 10 minutes? Yes. Maybe not, because I went 25 minutes. 10 weeks from now, yes, I, I have a- weight loss challenge that I'm, I've put out to a group that you and I are part of. And I've got some works to do. So 10 weeks from now, I'm going to feel better by doing it. And 10 years from now, I'm definitely going to feel better by doing it because it's just it's helping, helping move that health initiative on my clarity compass forward. So I got back up on the horse and did it. So in terms of a commitment, because believe me, I had 412 things Downloaded into my brain that I needed to get up and do that very morning. 10 10 10. And I went 10 10 10 in a very different way. Yeah, you did. And that was 10 10 10 almost
0: giving you permission yes, to do something yes. that would give you greater benefit.
1: Yes, thank you. Connecting, I like that. Connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah. I have not had an opportunity to use it yet in what you and I might call the no, say no more category. Hey, you want to go play golf at Grizzly Ranch next Wednesday? There you go.
0: Come on. Dude, I just put a pitch on the tee.
1: Yeah. A go pitch? Play, want, what are we playing? A, a
0: baseball. I put a baseball on a tee for you to hit out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go play golf at Grizzly Ranch next Wednesday? No, thank you. How about you want to think about it for 10 minutes?
1: <laughs> I did. <laughs> we had time lapse photography on the show, and I thought about it for 10 oh, minutes. Oh, so that was a 10 minute blank space. It was. we had the that Big Blef Blank just, yeah, he just edited put it out. Them together. Yeah, there you go. Good. That is a big thing, right? I mean, you get some invitation that comes on the iPhone inviting you to whatever thingamajiggy, a warriors game at the chase center. And I will 10, 10, 10 it. I will, I actually, I will put the phone down. I will not reply for at least 10 minutes. So I, I, I contradicted myself. I have been using that principle. I just haven't like consciously thought of it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Is it? It's so awesome to, because now it's going through the filter and my specific filter is the clarity compass. So those of you that aren't familiar with it, go, I don't know what episode that is. You got to go back and find one of our episodes on- Episode four or five, it's somewhere in there. But going back to this concept of intentionality. Yeah. And Beth and I individually and as a couple are being very intentional with our time and our money. The 10-10-10 principle is really helping me focus on, is this time commitment going to be worth it? Or give, my, give myself the pause for 10 minutes, but is this going to be important for me 10 weeks from now? Yeah, that's good. Is it going to be really important to me 10 years from now? So back in our last episode, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the Wendy Weiner factor of all the overwhelm we're feeling with the hand up on the forehead facing forward going, oh, oh our so lives hard. are so hard. It's so hard. Right. Well, this concept of Grace's graduation party Here's the first on the show. I'm having the the realization that I went through 10, 10, 10 in my head on that going, damn right we're going to have that graduation party because 10 years from now, we're going to look back at it. There's going to be all these awesome pictures and videos and stories and everything else and the kid's going to be 28. So how, how can we not have the graduation party, right? I love the fact that these tools can help make decisions which actually take the pressure off of me to make the decision. Right. Less overwhelmed. It's less overwhelmed because it goes through the filter of what I'm intentionally trying to accomplish. So now it feels in alignment. It feels powerful. It, feel, it gives me a sense of confidence that, yes, that is the
0: right decision. That's awesome. Second guessing is the worst thing in the world. And to have that confidence is awesome. So here's what I'm going to do today. Because we just, I mean, we just rattled off every tool in the toolbox we have to deal with overwhelm, getting out of our head and the crazy that's going on in our head because of what's going on in the world. We fired off every tool, I think. Eh, Eh, maybe not every tool. Not all of them. We saved a few, but a lot. We gave a lot. I know for me, I need to get back into my morning routine of a little bit of prayer and meditation, connecting with my higher power. I've got to get back to doing my gratitude list every day, and I've got to get back to my nighttime journaling. Those are the three big things that I'm going to recommit for my journey of financial sobriety. What I'm going to challenge the people who are with us here today is to take a few minutes at the end of the episode of everything you heard here today. What is the one thing, the one piece, the one tool you're going to take and apply to your overwhelm if you're feeling as overwhelmed As you and I are. That's the challenge. What's the one thing? I love it. Keep it simple. With that, brother, I'd say that's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt.
2: to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.